Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Melissa White and Lacey Snyder. As you'll come to learn, both are passionate about approaching their jobs in a positive way. Last year, they created Let's Talk About Teaching, a video series that highlights teaching and learning with the goal of encouraging teachers to try hashtag one small thing in their classroom. Melissa is in her 18th year in education. She's currently an instructional coach and a former English teacher and elementary librarian. She loves inspiring creativity, ideas, and questions. Melissa gets through her day with a lot of positivity and coffee. Lacey is in her third year teaching, and for her, being a teacher librarian is the best job ever because she gets to share her passion for books with kiddos and watches them fall in love with reading. She's all about positive vibes, awesome books, hanging out with her fur babies, and dark chocolate mochas. Melissa and Lacey are able to view the work of teachers and students through a unique lens and purpose. Part of their job is to support teachers with resources and ideas. They are able to think, learn, and share about teaching and learning in ways that busy teachers don't always have time for. They strive to do more than share resources. They want to curate learning opportunities for teachers. So welcome, Melissa White and Lacey Snyder. How are you? We're doing good. Yeah. I'm doing better than last week, Um, but you can hear I'm a little congested, but we're so happy to have you on our podcast. And as you know, this podcast takes us on a journey to master leadership. And we want to do that today by asking you key questions. So are you ready to pour into our listeners? Yes. Yes, you are. I wish our listeners can see your beautiful, smiling, (laughs) engaging faces. You guys are awesome. Now, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? You want to go first? No, you can go first. Okay. I'm Melissa White, and um, I'm actually from South Carolina, so you might distinguish my voice because I have a little bit of an accent. But I was a high school English teacher for 10 years. Did that in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Iowa. And then after 10 years of teaching high school English, I made the switch to be an elementary teacher librarian. My daughter was entering kindergarten and elementary school and the job came open in the library. And I thought how wonderful to be able to live my school days with my daughter and be a part of her educational experience. And so I took that job and was an elementary teacher librarian for five years. And then I switched to be the instructional coach three years ago. And I've been an instructional coach for three years. And by doing that, Lacey became the school librarian. She took my spot. Okay. I'm Lacey Snyder, and I'm a teacher librarian here at the elementary school. And that's the only job I've ever had. I was a sub and an associate for a few years. So finally full-time as teacher librarian, and I love it. 
And it's yeah. nice that I've been able to follow in Melissa's footsteps and I, she's still here mm-hmm. and I can learn from her every day and go to her for help. <laughs> we shared an office for her first two years. And so that was nice being able to kind of bounce ideas off each other. And like I could practice my coaching on her and then she could ask me questions. So she gets to practice on you, huh? Yeah, if she has an idea or I have an idea, we'll just kind of wing it in the library and kind of sometimes that's how a video is born. And then we share that idea with others after we failed and learned from it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got to connect with you because Sarah Brown Wesling highly recommended you. And so I got to look at some of what you do. Can you tell our listeners how you guys are connected, how you work together. Yeah, so we started with making a video for teachers because we have iPads in our building. We're two to one with iPads. And we were telling teachers over and over again how to update their iPads. I mean, it's very basic, very simple, but we were giving that same speech over and over again. And so we decided, hey, let's video ourselves, kind of telling them how to do it. And that way we can send it out. And when they're ready, they can watch it. Because the trick is getting teachers to find the time to do that because not everyone's ready. We held a meeting after school or before school. And so we decided with the video, it works well with the teacher's schedule. They can watch it when they're ready. And so we made this video and it's pretty bad. It's long. We're holding a piece of paper reading from it. And a lot of the video is just directed on the iPad. But the good thing that came from it is that teachers used it and then they were able to go back and use it as a reference point. And so after that, you want to talk about iTech? Yeah. Shortly after that, we went to iTech, which is a technology conference here in Iowa. And we learned so many awesome things Mm -hmm. there that we wanted to share with the staff in our building in our district. So that video was also kind of scripted and long, but it was better. Mm -hmm. We made it more fun. Yeah. And then we just started like looking for ideas of like, we listen to our teachers about like, what do you want to know more about? Um, what are you trying in your classroom? What are you reading about? Or we'd look on Twitter and see kind of what different things people are trying. And so we just started making our videos and we found out after about doing three or four that we had a lot to say. And it wasn't <laughs> always just about technology. Like a lot of times it was just about teaching. And so we did call our video, let's talk about tech the first couple and then we flipped it to let's talk about teaching and so we just want to inspire teachers with creating a learning opportunity for teachers that's convenient for them yeah and we want to inspire them to try something new Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's your brainchild. so if I wanted to connect to that how would I do that what's the best way to connect with you we have a YouTube channel called let's talk about teaching and that's where we post all of our videos Mm -hmm. but it's stemmed into so much more we have a Twitter account We have an Instagram account and um, Facebook page page where we just push things out to teachers. Sometimes it's related to our video, but sometimes it's not. And it's Let's Talk About Teaching. Let's Talk About Teaching. And on Twitter, it's Let's Talk Teach. Let's Talk Teach. Oh, wonderful. And I've seen a couple of them and you guys are so fun. Yeah, editing genius. So. <laughs> so that's what you do, Lacey? Yeah. Editing is really important. I really appreciate you being on with us. We're all collectively learning how to grow in our leadership. So how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I kind of touched on this earlier. I think that I like to try things in the library and I'm like, yeah, let's just do it. Why not? Just try it. And I'm not scared to fail if it goes terribly. That's okay. I'm going to learn from it. And then I can share that failure and learning with other people 
saying, hey, this was really fun. You should try it. This mm-hmm. is what I learned. So you're a risk taker, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I Okay. And I love how you say you share your failures, right? Uh, because that's how we learn. Um, you're open, you're vulnerable, you're open to feedback. And that's awesome. You're very coachable, I would say. Right, Melissa? Yeah, she's <laughs> ideal. Wonderful. So can you tell us, Melissa, about your leadership style? Yeah. I'm more of an idea person, which is why Lacey and I go really well together is because I have all these big ideas and these things I want to try and but then I'm not sure and then Lacey's like why not let's just do it let's just do it and see what happens I'd rather like script it out and think it through Lacey's more like I'll hold your hand and let's jump in and do it leadership style though I think I'm more about finding like the strengths than others and kind of collaborating with them you know part of my job is taking teachers from point a to point b No matter what their point A is and what their point B is, my job is to help them get there with whatever they need. Maybe they need someone to talk to, an idea that they have. Sometimes they come to me and they just want to try something new and need some support with them in the classroom. But I just really think my job is to help them get from A to B in whatever way possible. Mm -hmm. And so you became an instructional coach. Tell us a little bit about that, because there's a strong connection between coaching and leadership. In fact, I strongly believe that you can't become an effective leader unless you know how to coach. Right. Yeah, I kind of felt like because I was the teacher librarian before. And so I was able to see every kid in the building. That was pretty powerful. And When I left the high school classroom, Sarah Wessling said to me, because I said, I'm worried about losing my classroom. I'm worried about, you know, not getting able to see my same kids every day. And she said, Melissa, you'll still have a classroom. It'll be the library. Your classroom is just getting bigger. And she said the same thing to me when I talked about, I was worried about stepping out of the library into the coaching job because I said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have a classroom anymore to attach myself to. I'm not going to be planning lessons. And she said, Melissa, you still have a classroom. It's just the whole school now. Like your classroom has just gotten bigger and bigger and you're ready for it. And I just feel like it was a really natural next step for me to be able to kind of like view the school and like see where we need to go and work with teachers. And it was a really natural transition because as a teacher librarian, you work with every teacher in the building. Like they trust you with their kids once a week to like work with them. And so I already had a relationship with them and to move into this role, even though I don't have an elementary background, I still feel like... I have the tools needed to be a coach because it's not about the content, really. It's about the skills. Good teaching is good teaching. And my job is to help teachers be the best that they can be. Now, you guys seem to have a really great relationship. Was it always that way? Yeah, it's always been fine. Yeah, Lisa used to sub for me. And so I, anytime I had a sick child or I knew I was going to be gone, I'd call her and say, hey, I'm going to be gone. Can you come and sub for me? Because I knew that she loved it. She was really good at it. And I felt like leaving her with my library was just natural because we're very similar in how we view the classroom and how it should be run. And There's a lot of trust. So much. Yeah. And I think sharing this little office yeah. <laughs> for two years, like we just got to know each other really fast and really mm-hmm. well. And it just naturally happened. And there's a big age difference. I mean, I'm in my 18th year teaching. I've been doing this a really long time. Lacey's in her third, third year, but year. I learned so much from her. I just learned like how to approach problems and how to like just sift through and just filter through the negativity and just focus on the positive. And my favorite thing that she says is why not? Like, let's do it. And we've done so many amazing things together. And it's just, I never would have done them without her. I would have had so many, like, I'm like a what if person, what if this doesn't work? Or what if this problem happens? And one who says, don't worry about all that. Mm -hmm. Let's just try and see what happens. And I think that's 
we've gotten such good feedback from that. Mm -hmm. You know, when we go to conferences and we've presented a couple of times and I just think the feedback people give us is they like that we take risks and then we model that for teachers and then they feel like they can go and take risks. I love Melissa, when you say, I have all these big ideas, but there's a hesitancy. And she right. says, well, go ahead. She's such a risk taker. She'll push you. <laughs> we are I, I'm that. just ready to like dive in, plow through. Let's do this. And Melissa's like, let's think though. Like you need to do these things first or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just a good balance. And she's like the thinker. And I'm like, let's jump in. Yeah. And I kind of bring like an idea to the table. And Lacey helps me like math it out and mm-hmm. like cut through like what the teachers really need. Like I have the district lens, the big systems mm-hmm. thinking lens, and she's got the classroom lens. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another reason why it's successful. Beautiful combination. Okay, so which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why? I just wrote oh. down why not. It's not really a quote. You wrote I, I had to with my ankle. I'm having a really hard time navigating around. I twisted my ankle and so I can't dig through where I'd written down the quotes, but I can give you the gist of them if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. So one of them was the Mother Teresa quote where she says, you can do things that I cannot do and I can do things that you cannot do. And together we can do amazing things. And I know I didn't just say it right, but that's kind of the gist of it is like, we all have our different strengths and that's okay that you are good at something that I'm not good at and I'm good at something that you're not good at. But if we put all that together, think of the amazing things that we can do. And that's from day one of instructional coaching, because my staff knew I didn't have an elementary background and I was going to be coaching them in elementary things. I got up and I said, I am not an expert. My job is to help you grow as teachers. One way that I kind of helped get past that is I co-taught math in the second grade room for my first semester. And it was hard. I'd never taught math before. I cried after the first lesson, the kids left and I just bald, not because it didn't go well, but because it was so hard. Like it was uncomfortable and I was doing something I'd never done before. And I went to um, after school teacher meeting the next one. And I said, I totally get it now. Like I cried after teaching the math lesson and it was hard, but this is what I did next. And this is how I worked through it. And so that was just, I think it was good for them to see me vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so I think they see that like, I'm more of like a side by side coach. Like mm-hmm. we're going to do this together rather than a top down. Well, I guess you can do top down, but that wouldn't be coaching. That would be more telling you what to do. But I think that quote is perfect Mm -hmm. because you're living that quote. So I can see how that speaks to you and why it speaks to you. I also am so impressed with how you understood that they're not going to be coachable if you're not vulnerable with them. Right. You're a good connector, Melissa, because you understood that they needed to connect and you needed to connect on that level. And so I really appreciate you sharing that with us. That's really powerful. Now, that quote that you gave us, Lacey, that's your quote. Why not? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I think that's I think that's pretty powerful, too, because it calls us to take risks. And not only that. Our kids are watching us, right? And that's a biggie because if we're not taking risks, they're not taking risks. If we're Mm -hmm. afraid to fail, they're going to be afraid to fail. So that's pretty cool. You should copyright that. Trademark it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A lot of times when I am teaching, I'll tell the kids, I've never tried this before. You're the first group I'm doing this with. So let's just try it together. And I think... They're just like, okay, we'll see how it goes. And Mm -hmm. they're pretty go with the flow. If I'm go with the flow, they kind of adopt that. 
Well, I'm pretty inspired. This is contagious, guys. All right. So what type of leader are you inspired by and why? I am inspired by a leader who looks for the best in people, like finds their positive and builds them up from that. I'm inspired by a leader who gets their hands dirty if they need to, Mm -hmm. meaning like maybe they need to go and cover a classroom or maybe they need to go and make copies. Whatever needs to get done, they're going to... furniture all summer long. Yeah. (laughs) We have a principal who is amazing. We went from a K-2 building to a K-5 building which you can imagine was a lot of movement of teachers and classrooms and furniture. And she spent the whole summer up here until like 10 o'clock at night, moving furniture herself to make Mm -hmm. sure that everything was ready. And that's just inspiring to me because she didn't have to do that. She could expect teachers to do that, but she is going to be sweating with us, doing the work with us. And, you know, with all this change too, like we have new grade levels here and she's like, I want to learn third grade math curriculum. So Mm -hmm. she's going to sit down with the third grade team and learn it. She wants to know what's going on and she wants to be part of it. And I just know anytime I've struggled, she's reminded me like, find your why, Melissa, you know, why are you doing this? Find something that makes you happy every day. And I think that's important. Awesome. I think you said it really well. Someone that's like with you beside you Mm -hmm. and not standing in front of you, telling you what to do or, giving you directions. They're just with you, doing it with you and they're failing with you, mm-hmm. learning with you, all, mm-hmm. all those things. So I like to be inspired by a leader also. When I first moved to Iowa from the Carolinas, Sarah Brown Wessling was the one that hired me and I worked with her in Johnston and she was kind of like a department chair, but we worked together and she just inspired me daily. And it was like little things. It wasn't these big life-changing things, but just little things that she did in her classroom or conversations we would have in the hallway. So she wasn't like a leader in the school. She wasn't like a principal or anything, but she still just, she was your leader. She was my leader. She was kind of like my person that I looked up to and she made me want to be better. And I could talk through anything. She was kind of like, you know, PLCs weren't really a big thing then, but she was one of my first self-created PLCs. So she didn't have the leadership position, but she certainly had the influence because of how inspiring she was. She is. She's yes. inspiring. <laughs> Great. Now, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, can I tell them? Okay, so... so. It's like you guys read each other's minds. <laughs> okay, so th- this summer we had an amazing opportunity to work with teacher to teacher. And we worked with them based on this concept that we talked about in one video. And I think we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But one part that happened from that is we were able to work with these video producers from LA and they wanted to take our idea and turn it into a script. And what I loved is when we sat down with them, cause they took a day and they watched all of our videos and they just spent a day on Lacey and Melissa and they wrote down qualities and things that stuck out to them about us, like fun and bloopers and education and students. And they shared those with us. And then they said, okay, we're going to ask you three questions that we want you to think about as you're hearing all of our ideas, because they pitched us these different scenarios that could go into the script and they wanted to hear our favorite. So he said, here are the three questions I want you to think about. One is, does it sound fun? Mm -hmm. Two, does it sound like you? And three, will it resonate? And I just, as an instructional coach, I thought, oh my gosh, these three questions are perfect. Anytime you're going to work with a person, because I know we were just a little bit scared that we were going to lose us, lose our idea, lose what was important to us in this Mm -hmm. process. And as soon as he asked those three questions, I thought he gets it and he's going to take our idea and keep it about us. And I think as a coach or as even as a leader, when you're working with people, 
they might get nervous that you're going to come in and take it over or change things or tell them what to think. And those three questions have really guided me this year when I'm working with teachers or working with groups. It's not really advice. It's more of like a lens to look at my work with. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. I think when I'm planning lessons even to use with kids, is it fun? Like they're not going to want to do it if it's not fun Mm -hmm. or if they're not connected to it. So those questions I think go for anything. Right. Your lessons that resonate with them. You want it to mean something Mm -hmm. and you want it to sound like Lacey. Like you don't have to be into it as well. Yeah. (laughs) You ask questions to make sure that they feel comfortable, that they still have ownership of their idea and what they're doing. It's something that moves you when you coach, when you create, when you teach, like a foundation. Now, what does it mean for you to have a good team and how do you build and sustain one? Well, I think a good team is when the members of the group feel comfortable and it just feels like a safe space in quotations that you can't see when I'm doing them. (laughs) And they're just considerate of each other and their feelings and they're just real with each other, you know, vulnerable and failure. And you're just real. You're just a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with all of that. You know, I've been in education for a long time and I've taught in many different schools. I think I've been in five or six schools at this point, but there's still people I taught with years ago that are still part of my team. And I think that your team doesn't have to necessarily be like Lacey did the space quotation marks because sometimes that space is like we're doing right now. Like we're, you know, talking through Skype and that's the space where we're talking. And I think a good team is just one that you can pull from whenever you need it. Mm -hmm. So like I have these two wonderful people that I taught with years ago and we still talk about work stuff and they help me problem solve. And so I think a good team is someone that transcends time and even space. And you can just come together whenever, you know, yeah. like I know that even if I left this school, I'd still call Lacey to help me brainstorm through things. So I think surrounding yourself with people that get you and inspire you and have the same philosophies as you is really important. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So can you tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and how it has shaped your life? I didn't know what to say for <laughs> this one. I just read this question. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I face challenges. Obviously, I'm a new teacher. I feel like that's still ahead of me almost. You know, I'm just so new. I can talk about one. My third year teaching, I moved to North Carolina and I taught in a really small school district. And I got a job teaching high school English at a 912 building. And it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, like think cotton fields, very small population. There were only three English teachers in the whole school for ninth through 12th grade. And I started there and it just organizationally, if that's a word, it just wasn't ready for the school year. Like I had 75 kids in my first period class. I didn't know where my textbooks were. I didn't have a mentor. We didn't really have PD days. I couldn't find help in the leadership. I mean, it just was not setting it up for success. And I was only in my third year teaching and I was, you know, not ready to throw in the towel, but I was feeling very frustrated. And a science teacher came up to me and she said, Melissa, just wait until the kids get here. Just give it a couple. When the kids get here, you will understand. And she was absolutely right. Like none of those other things matter. It's the kids. And I just, I remember that when things get hard, you know, if maybe I don't agree with the decision or I feel like I don't have the tools that I need. Really? I mean, we're here for the kids. And I just think that was a really good Mm -hmm. place to go back to is remember your why. Like we're here because we love kids and we love teaching. And 
all that other stuff, it'll sort itself out. And it did. I ended up having my 24 kids in my first period and not 75. (laughs) And the kids were amazing, you know, and I had one of my favorite years teaching ever. It was not ideal. I had a snake in my classroom one day. It was out like in the in the country, and so like we our classrooms open to the outside, you know, and so there were often critters inside, and you know, I even if I didn't have textbooks, I could still make it work. But you know, I connected with those kids so well, and so. You know, I love that because it's true. You spoke about the challenge. I can absolutely relate in different ways. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can as well. Maybe the circumstances aren't optimal, but those kids are looking to you because the way you go is the way they're going to (laughs) go. So that's the most important thing, right? Okay, so this isn't the best situation. How am I going to deal with it as a leader? That's pretty powerful, and I really appreciate you telling us that story. Now, tell us about your greatest successes. Should we talk about one small thing? Yeah. Just, yeah, (laughs) tell us one small thing. Last year, we did a breaking news video, and it was one minute long, and we filmed it on the fly. Mm -hmm. And what we really want teachers to do is share with each other and share what they're thinking. And as a coach, I always say to teachers, just try one thing. Like, you might go to a conference and get 100 ideas, but just pick one tiny thing to try in your classroom. And so we wanted to make this breaking news video where we could encourage teachers to try that. And so we filmed it. And in the video, Lacey said, use the hashtag one small thing and share your ideas with other people. The one small thing you're going to try in your classroom. So it was a very small thing. It was was a small thing. And then um, teacher to teacher connected with us because we made a video called Why I Teach. And that's kind of their hashtag that they work with. They came across the video. They liked it. And they wanted to use some parts of it. In doing that, they came across our other videos. And they saw this one small thing idea. And so they contacted us last summer. And they said, hey, we really like this idea of the hashtag one small thing. We think it will resonate with teachers. Can we use it in some way? And uh-huh. we were like, of course you can. We don't own it. You can definitely use it. We love the idea of having teachers try one small thing. And so it then turned into them wanting to use it as their back to school campaign. And then they said, hey, your thing is videos. What if we made a video introducing one small thing to the world? And we said, okay. And then, <laughs> so one small thing became a big thing. Yeah. And then we worked with an amazing video production company from LA. Their Stories for Good, Mm -hmm. I think is the name of their production company. But they wrote a script with our input. We were there every step of the way. Like we gave edits to the script. We gave our feedback. We changed lines. And they flew to Iowa and they spent two days with us. And it was the most amazing thing because we got to incorporate students from our district in the video. Mm -hmm. We got to incorporate teachers from our district in the video. And it was a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. day both days. But it was just, it It was was so neat to see this tiny idea that we had turn into something big. And you did it on the fly, right? Yeah, we initialized The breaking news video was we created an Instagram. We were like, get on Instagram and use the hashtag and then we'll see it. That was it. Yeah, it just turned into this really big thing. And the video that the production company made, I think it is fun. It Mm -hmm. sounds like us. And I think it resonated because it turned into this really big thing. And so, Lacey, how did that impact you? Because you're smiling the whole time that (laughs) Melissa was talking. You were smiling. Like those pillows in the back of you, those emojis. Self-portrait. 
I smile a lot. I just do. <laughs> no, but this is an excited smile. Yeah. It was just really cool because it was just one random little idea. And, you know, we're excited when our videos hit like 50 views. So for a teacher to teacher to reach out to us and like notice us, mm -hmm. you know, and say, hey, your idea is cool. Can we use it? We work together. And then the whole video happened and it was just like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, the camera was amazing that they used. Yeah. We it's like a Hollywood camera that they film movies with. That's mm -hmm. what they were using. And they had like lights and they said action and they did the little <laughs> It was crazy. We used our own clothes, but they like helped us talk about our wardrobe uh -huh. and what we were going to wear. And we found out that sometimes it takes 30 minutes to set up one light to get yeah. the lighting just right. And they made it fun for us. They made it fun for the kids. Mm -hmm. My daughter got to be on set. She's 12, and so it's hard to impress her sometimes. It's hard to get her to see that I am a cool person. Yes. She's been watching our videos along the way, and she's always like, oh, Mom, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> it was just good for her to see that just this small idea that I had, something that we do kind of in our spare time, turned into this really big thing. And she got to see it in action and be on the set and then see what happened after. Mm -hmm. After they launched the video, it was huge on Twitter. and It's been shared months ago. It was over a million yeah. shares on Facebook. And what? even now, if you go to Twitter and just search hashtag one small thing, it's like people are doing it for professional development mm -hmm. in their districts. And people are sharing their one small thing every day. It's yeah. still big and happening. And it's just cool because we did that <laughs> so I'm going to ask you one small thing can you send me the link yes that? I'll include it when I post this that's so exciting okay. you guys are so contagious because I'm smiling like crazy okay. <laughs> all right so what would you tell a teacher leader who's discouraged about their working climate or culture okay well the thing that came to my mind is this blog post, I guess, Cult of Pedagogy. Oh. Jennifer Gonzalez, and she has a blog called Cult of Pedagogy, mm -hmm. where she posts teaching ideas. She does a podcast. She has a Twitter account, but she has blog posts that she just really great messages. Yeah. So she just, she's so, inspiring. It's like yeah. a little mini PD. Every blog mm -hmm. I read is like a little mini PD session where I'm like, yes, I'm going to try that. Or yeah. I'm going to use this. Wow. Great. Yeah. One that is for it's geared towards new teachers, but I think it is applies to everyone and in every profession, no matter what you're doing. And it just talks about finding your marigold and staying away from your walnut trees. Mm -hmm. So marigolds, when you plant them, they help other plants grow and walnut trees kill other plants. And mm -hmm. so it's like a metaphor for, you know, people that are negative and hurt your day. Those are the walnut trees and you have to seek out your Marigold, people that build you up and help you through stuff. Find your marigold. Find your marigold. Or yeah. be a marigold. Sometimes you have to be a marigold for someone else too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just stay away from the walnut trees. Mm -hmm. You know, you can recognize there are walnut trees in your building, in your life, but just surround yourself with marigolds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. We did the article with our teachers at mm -hmm. a professional development. We read the article and um, we had them kind of talk through it and process it. But then we had them make tissue paper marigolds to hang in their classroom to remind them. And that was just a nice little touch that we did. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And it's true. We have to surround ourselves, especially in our inner circle, 
by people who will speak positively into our lives and get rid of the negativity because we have plenty of it, right? (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Hey leaders, here's a quick message. If you haven't downloaded your copy of the Master Leadership Journal, go to masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ to get instant access and begin growing your leadership with questions that have been curated by top level leaders. I've also included some cool extras for you at masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ. Many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? Okay, so for me, lifelong learning is you're trying new things, diving in, just try it. No one is here to hold your hand and walk you through it. Sort of, Melissa is here for me to do that, but I still have to do it all by myself and you just got to try stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning lots of new things. Like I just did my first mail merge ever, (laughs) you know, Excel and printed on envelopes. That was really hard, but I did it and I've been using GIFs in the classroom. Mm -hmm. That's new. So I'm learning how to make a GIF and kind of trial and error in that process and brainstorming how I can incorporate it into my lessons. How can I make this more fun? And I've been learning about snowflakes with the kindergartners and first graders and drawing snowflakes. It's been really fun. I am a voracious reader. I'm always reading some kind of book. I'm reading Diane Sweeney's student-centered coaching right now and reading Todd Whitaker's book with the teachers in my building about Mm -hmm. what great teachers do differently. But another thing that I've really been exploring as a coach is how can I get learning opportunities to teachers like in a sneaky way like we do our videos <laughs> that they can watch whenever they want yeah uh, but like how else can I create these learning opportunities for teachers in a way that is meaningful and purposeful and they can use right away it kind of reminds me when my kids were little and you'd like sneak vegetables and, like, <laughs> into the spaghetti sauce or the meatballs like to cut up really mm-hmm. small like how can you do that with learning opportunities how can you like make them so that they just kind of sneak in there So I created a newsletter for teachers called Motivate Me Monday, Mm -hmm. where I just have three things on there. Like I have an out and about, inspire me and a toolkit. And I just give them three things each week. And that though is after me trying to write a newsletter for like a whole month every Friday. And every time I was like, it's too many words. This isn't right. So like, I just went out there and looked at other things people were doing for newsletters and realized short and sweet is better. And I just found ideas that I liked and then I made up my own. Lacey and I do a tech breakfast for teachers. And so that's kind of a way that we sneak in learning. And we are learning through that process because we're like, okay, what are we going to share with people? (laughs) And so we're seeking out new things that we've never done or tried. Mm -hmm. And then we have to try it on our own before we can teach other people (laughs) to use it. And so So you do this every week. We do tech breakfast once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, We do our videos about once a month. I could just imagine the staff reading it and saying, they're so sneaky. We just learned something. <laughs> yeah. Kind of do like, we'll have donuts. Or like today they got an emoji pen for coming. Yeah, to they the did. Breakfast. I mean, that's. I would be there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is a doozy and this is a really important one, especially coming from you guys. If there was something you could change in education in the U.S., what would that be? So my initial thought was funding because I feel like teachers would do so many more amazing things. Our school, we have enough, you know, Mm -hmm. but there are schools that don't have enough. They don't have textbooks and they still make it happen. But imagine what would happen if they had all the things they needed. 
Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Proper funding. Yeah. yeah. Yours was a little more thoughtful. Well, just, I think it goes in my background. Like I yeah. really wish the focus would be more on learning and less on grades. Having taught high school English for 10 years, so often the question was, what is my grade and not what did I learn? Mm-hmm. And I could spend 20 minutes going through a kid's paper, writing them notes in the margins, sitting down and having a writing conference. But in the end, they just want to know what their grade is. And now that I'm in the elementary world, I see it from a different point of view as the kids. They still want to know, though. They still yeah. want to know, like, how did I do? How did this classmate do? And I just, mm-hmm. parents are dying to know what level is my kid reading at? What are their test scores? And I just, I really wish the question that parents asked, that teachers asked, that everybody asked was, what did you learn today? What is something new that you learned today? And I just wish the focus could be more on that than test scores or grades. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of a blessing for me in the library because I don't do grades. So we can learn about whatever we want Mm -hmm. because there's books about everything. So the snowflake thing, we read this book, Snowflake Bentley, and we learned about Wilson and looked at his photographs that he took. And then we drew snowflakes Mm -hmm. and they're like, why are we drawing? This is an art class. Like, well, we're learning about the snowflakes. We're in the process of drawing it. You're going to remember that there's six points. What makes learning learning more authentic? It's relevant. It's what the kids are interested in. Mm -hmm. It's real life. And it's not. There's no pressure. There's no grade. I'm not going to look at your snowflake and say, oh, you drew it with eight points. (laughs) And, And I think those are incredibly important because the love of learning is what we're trying to help them to get, right? I've spoken to Sarah Brown-Wesling about this too. She talked about how it's a slow process and it is, but the work that you're doing, the work that we're doing collectively, it'll bring it up because if we continue to have the same message, learning is what's important. And funding, I'm glad you brought that up because some schools are so poorly funded. So thank you so much for that. Now, what have you read that our listeners should read and why? (laughs) <laughs> the librarian is, uh, is, is plush. <laughs> it's so much pressure it is I feel like that's when a student comes to me and they're like what should I read I don't know there's so <laughs> many like there's 7,000 books just pick one it's probably gonna be awesome mm-hmm. they're all good like even if it's bad there's something good from it you learned you didn't like it. That's good. <laughs> we, as an instructional coaches in our district, we read George Kuros's book, The Innovator's Mindset, last mm-hmm. year. Lacey and I saw him speak at ITAC. Yeah. And then uh, instructional coaches, like K-12, we came back and we decided we really liked what he had to say. Let's read his book. And so we all read his book together. And I just think it's so inspiring because he talks about how we need to change as educators to meet the needs of our kids. Like kids should go to school and want to go to school and they should be learning new things. And he like was saying all the things that I think librarians, especially everywhere, are saying that kids need time to create and collaborate, Mm -hmm. have critical thinking, communicate with each other. And I think that's something like Lacey does really well. Other librarians that I know do really well. You know, part of it is technology, but it's also just the classroom experience that you're Mm -hmm. giving to the kids. And so he just talks about how can you instill an innovator's mindset in your students, but also as a teacher, how can you have an innovator's mindset? It's a very timely book. It's well written. It's one of those where you like are highlighting most of the book by the time that you're done. It's yeah. like just all highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that I go back to quite a bit. As a building, we're reading Todd Whitaker's book, The 17 Things Great Teachers Do Differently. Mm-hmm. And I know that when my principal and I read up to teachers, the teachers are like, oh, no, another book we have to read. We're already so busy, but I take 15 minutes of their PLC once a week and we go through a chapter a week. And 
the teachers have found that it's very relevant. It's worth the read. It's worth the read. Each chapter reads almost like a little mini blog post, so it doesn't take long to mm-hmm. read. And then we just have these really great conversations. And I would say every teacher in the building has taken something from that book. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Now, you have a lot of responsibilities. What do you do on a daily basis to set your mind? Lots of times I find myself taking deep breaths and it's fine. Everything will get done eventually. It doesn't have to necessarily get done today. I can shelf books tomorrow. They'll still be here. But I like to make lists. I just make a list and then I can cross it off and see like I am getting things done. And lots of times, especially at home, I'll do this. I will write things down that I've already done that day just to cross them off right away. (laughs) Because I, you know, like sometimes you just need that. Okay. I am getting things done. I do have 10 more things on my list, but I've already done four. Mm -hmm. So just keep going. I don't take breaks. Well, like if I have a lot to do that kind of ride that stress and just kind of get into this terrible cycle of, oh my gosh, I have all this stuff to do. I'm so stressed out. Yeah. But what I've learned to do is when that happens, I need to walk away. And like, sometimes I'll come read a book in the library to the kids. Like I just need to get myself mm-hmm. in the classroom because I'm not being very productive when I get that way, when I start to worry or get overstressed. So I just need to step away and I can still do things that are valuable to the school or valuable to kids. Like go read a book to a classroom yeah. or go help a teacher out with a lesson. I can always find something to do that kind of fills me up. So mm-hmm. then I have the energy to go back and kind of tackle those things that might be a little more difficult. I love it. Thank you so much. Okay. So many educational leaders, many educators put in long hours. What advice yeah. would you give about maintaining balance? Well, you were just talking mm-hmm. about, you just have to know when to take a break and when to walk away. And sometimes it's hard to leave work because there mm-hmm. are things to do, but you still have to be a person. Like we wear more hats than just teacher. Like I'm a dog mom. I have to go home to my dogs and give them love. So you just have to know when to walk away and like really think about your priorities. Like you have priorities at work. Sometimes Mm -hmm. work is a priority, but there are other things that we have. Yeah. When I was still an English teacher, I would bring home these big piles of papers to grade and work through. I feel like I had to do it right away because I hated to have it hanging over me, but I had to learn to put it to the side. Like this is family time. This is what's most important right now. I need to give a hundred percent of myself to that. Cause if I wasn't careful, I'd find myself lingering on those papers and thinking about them and not giving my full attention to what was in front of me. That's been kind of valuable. Even as a coach, like no matter what's going on in that whirlwind outside of whatever is right in front of me, but I need to give hundred percent to the person in front of me, to the task in mm-hmm. front of me and kind of everything else will still be there. But I found that I have a lot more success and that people really appreciate if I can just give them 100% of myself. It makes me a better mother. It makes me a better coach. It makes me a better teacher. I can just focus on what's in front of me and give it 100%. And that's not easy to do. It takes practice. Yeah. It really does. I've had to train myself over the years to do that. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Now, if you were to go back in time, Lacey, I mean, I don't know how that applies to you. You'd be, what, five years old? What advice would you give the younger you about leadership? Well, I actually wrote down, since I am young and I am kind of in a leadership role, being the teacher librarian and doing this, let's talk about teaching thing. Like, I don't want to say awkward, but sometimes it's a little weird that I am younger. And, you know, there are people that have been teaching for 20 years or more. And here I am being their leader, but it's okay. Like, I can still be a leader, even though I'm younger than them. So 
don't be afraid to be a leader and be an expert mm-hmm. in something. You can be a leader to your peers. It's okay. And I love that because there are situations and that happens often where younger people are leading people who have been in the system for a long time. Something that I've learned over my many years in education is that a leader doesn't always have to be, it's not a ladder system. A leader is not someone who's at the top. It's not, it can be your principal, but it doesn't have to be a principal. Like just because I don't have a degree in leadership, I don't have my master's in leadership, doesn't mean that I can't be a leader. And I think something that I've learned is that you just find opportunities to be a leader. And that's something that's come out of like our video series, our Instagram account and our tech breakfast and these opportunities that we're creating. We just made it happen on our own. It wasn't a degree or a job title that said it. It was more our attitude. And so I think if I could go back, I would, you know, because I think a lot of times I would be quiet in meetings when I was a new teacher. I would feel like I didn't have a say in things or that I you know, what I did wasn't important yet because I didn't have years of experience. And I Mm -hmm. wish I could go back and say, your ideas are important and there's an audience for them and you just need to try it. Like they kind of go together. Yeah. So Lacey, I want to unravel that. How do they go together? Well, Melissa's going back telling her younger teacher self to, you know, let her ideas out and speak up and don't be afraid to be an expert in something like I am the younger teacher, so oh, you're so lucky. You really I know. already. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How <laughs> awesome is that? I know. Yeah. It took me years to get I there. Know. I'm jealous. I just have that why not attitude. It's like I am new, so I kind of try and seek out others and say, "Hey, do you think this? You know, are you thinking this too?" And most of the time, they are, and I am on the same page as the more veteran teacher. So. Why not just speak up myself, you know? Lacey, what I love about you and your attitude is how open you are and how coachable, right, Melissa? Um, And I said this before, from the beginning, I noticed this. Um, You're so open to input from other people, but you're also not afraid to be a voice and to just be really authentic about how you're feeling. When we do that, then people can really coach us and we can also be leaders. So I'm really so proud of you. You too, <laughs> Melissa, but her more. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very inspired by that because we certainly need that. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't talked about? Subscribe to us on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> We're at 91. I talked the other day. We're almost at 100 subscribers. <laughs> I think just um, something to leave people with is just the idea that, you know, if you're scared, just remember that just try one small thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of our message to teachers is if you see, feel overwhelmed or you feel like you've got so much on your list, just tackle it one small thing at a time. And the worst thing that's going to happen is it won't work. It won't go well. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, that didn't work. Move on, try something else, tweak one little thing and then see what happens. Kids are going to come to school the next day. You can try (laughs) again and not come back. Right. Yeah, they have to come. And so, it's important to find a person in the building, find your marigold, find your person you can talk through and try new things with, and mm-hmm. someone that inspires you to, to be a better version of yourself. So, <laughs> Melissa and Lacey, I want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun. It's been a pleasure. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It's been nice meeting you. <laughs> bye. Same here. Bye. bye.